Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu, and one even from Malaysia. Uh, and this year we have our first Australians. Yuppie and Danae are over there. I leave tomorrow morning and uh, Bible College starts for them uh, next weekend. So that is fantastic. So we have our first Australians, which I am very, 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 very excited about. Uh, we're in CrossFit and one thing that you must know about CrossFit is we have to get fit. Now people say I'm not fit. Now just to run through these, I have told you before, but uh, I have been running late. <laughs> I have been running down my neighbours. I've been running off my mouth. I've been jumping to conclusions. I push my luck. I dodge responsibility. I stretch the truth. I have to even jog my memory. <laughs> but you know what? After that last song, I'm running to his arms. I'm running to his arms. That's what I want. But in, in your message this morning, it's about prayer. Now, to me, prayer is the pointy end of the stick. To me, prayer is the most important part of Christian life. And no matter where you are right now, there's always another step to take with prayer. Prayer makes Christianity real. When you pray, things happen and something takes place, you become more than just a Christian. And the whole idea of prayer, like many people, many religions pray. The Hindus pray, the, the, Muda, the, the Muslims pray five times every day. They will get down on their prayer net, they will pray five times every day. It's not just a matter of saying prayers, it's actually praying and getting a hold of God. And it's not twisting God's arm, God already knows what you want to do. But it's a matter of grabbing a hold of God and praying through some things. The Old Testament says, wake up the men of war. Wake up. Not when we're talking men, we talk everybody. Good to see Shirley. Shirley is 80 years old today. What an awesome. Thank you, Shirley. Birthday. Hugs and kisses for Shirley today. Kevin was 80 this year, earlier this year. Anybody else who's 80? Peter, how old are you? Not quite there, okay. <laughs> nearly, nearly, but 80. But prayer is the pointy end of the stick. Prayer changes you from Christian to disciple. And in this church, the whole idea of you being a part of this church is not just to come and sit in a pew. A lot of people do that for 40 years, sit in a pew and never do actually anything in Christianity. But I want you to be a part of something that where you take your next step in Christianity and grab a hold of prayer and grab a hold of prayer and pray things through. The Bible, Jesus in particular, his words were, were, were awesomely strong. He said, if you will speak to this mountain, if you have faith as a seed of mustard seed and you speak to this mountain and you say, cast yourself into the sea, it will happen. Now, I 
am a person who believes the Bible 100%. And I believe if you speak to those mountains, those mountains are gone. My experience has not always been that everything I speak to happens. But that's only my experience. I'm a human being. (laughs) I've got fours and faults. I know you don't know them, but I do. Diana can explain them to you later. The flaws and flanks that I have, but anyway. So I want, to, I want to take you this morning, and this is a huge subject, and I only want to take certain aspects of this subject because prayer is such a huge subject. You know, there's, there's many things you can do in prayer. There, there's prayer of relationship. There's prayer of confession of sin. There's prayers of blessing. There's prayers of thanksgiving. There's prayers of praise. There's prayers of petition, there's prayers, prayers of needs, there's prayers of intercession, which the Bible all talks about those things. This morning, I want to take just a couple of aspects of prayer, and I just want to go through you with some personal experiences. Having lived in the islands uh, for so long, and my job is constantly going back to the islands, back to Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, uh, and and. Fiji, not so often, but I will now if somebody goes over there. But, uh, but you know, the islands, are, are, they're a spiritual people. In Australia, of course, we have lost a lot of our spirituality, as we call it, just superstition and, and stuff. You know, we, we, I, I grew up saying, mum always told me, never break a mirror. I was at work the other day and I broke a mirror and I thought to myself, those words that you spoke over me, mum, will not come to pass. I will not have seven years of bad luck. (laughs) I purposely broke that mirror, (laughs) thinking that those words, because words carry power. Words are what carry power. You see, the, the words are a vessel which carries spirit. And to understand that, uh, the teaching of that I am a spirit, you are a spirit, you have a body, you have a, a soul, your mind, your will and your emotions, and you live in a, in, a, in a tent. I tell the islanders I live in a big white tent, and they understand that, because we live in a big tent, that, that's, that's the real me is on the inside of me, the real you is on the inside of you, you are a spirit. You understand that? You are spiritual already. People are spiritual already. You are a spirit. Of course, in our Western world, we live, of course, most of the time in our soul realm. We live according to our mind. We live according to our our experiences and our education and and what has taken place. But when you're coming into the Bible and coming into prayer, you've got to understand some different aspects of life. And those are that we are not a religion. Christianity is not to be a religion. Christianity is to be a kingdom. We are coming from a different kingdom focus and we are bringing a different kingdom atmosphere into the world in which we live. In all our circumstances, wherever you work, wherever you go to school, wherever you, wherever you are during the week, it is our job to bring the presence of God into our situations. It's a, our job to bring the presence of God into our workplaces, into our, our, our offices, our, into our school, so that we can influence people for righteousness. We can influence people for godliness. We can influence people for the right living and right 
right atmosphere where, where we change the atmosphere in which we go. And how we do that is through prayer. How we do that is understanding prayer, grabbing a hold of prayer. And it's not just saying prayers, but it's mixing it with faith. Through faith and patience, they obtained the promises of God. The Bible is full of promises, absolutely full of promises. Full of promises that, you know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I still need to pray that in because it's by faith that I am. Everybody is healed, but I don't see everybody healed. Why? Because everything takes faith. Everything must be moved by faith. There must be faith on the inside of me that comes out of my mouth. You see, with, with the heart, one believes. With the heart, you believe. That's where you believe. But with your mouth is made salvation. Romans 10 teaches us that you must speak. You must talk. You must pray. And that's my subject this morning is coming around prayer. And you are very quiet all of a sudden. Are you all right? You're listening, you're listening hard, aren't you? Why? Because we're not a religion. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a kingdom. Jesus said as he was, as, as, as he was dragged before Pontius Pilate, he said, if, 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 we were, if my kingdom was of this world, my disciples would fight. But my kingdom's not of this world. It doesn't matter. Pontius Pilate said, you are a king. He said, you rightly speak so. But my kingdom is not of this world. And so our job is to grab a hold of the things of heaven and drag them into earth so that we can see something happen in earth. I don't know about you, but I'm not a person just to sit in a pew. I want something to happen. I want to see my prayers answered. I want something more out of Christianity than just a nice sermon on a Sunday morning. I want to go deeper into God, grab a hold of the things of God. I read the things of God and I want to apply them into my life. We stand at a place in history. One of my great heroes of faith is a man by the name of George Mueller. In his journals, he wrote down over 50,000 prayers that he prayed. Of those 50,000 prayers that he prayed, 30,000 of them were answered the same day. Now, he was a man who lived in the 1800s. He ran an orphanage of over a couple of hundred children in, those, in that time, of which he, he never had anything. But every day he would pray for his provisions. Every day those children got their provisions. Now that's what I want. I read the stories of Smith Wigglesworth. I read the stories of, of other men of God that have gone before us. And I think to myself, I want to see that. I want to grab a hold of that. I want to see, I want to lay hands on the sick and I want to see them recover. That's what the Bible talks about, that if you and I, you and I will go out into all the nations of the world and we will preach the, the gospel of the kingdom of God and we shall see these signs shall follow those that believe. And that's what I want. And that comes through prayer. It comes through a life of prayer. And the prayer I'm talking about just there is, is a relationship prayer with God, which I'll probably one of the last ones I'll talk about today is that relationship with God. 
the, of course, the greatest prayer that Jesus taught us all is our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The first aspect that you have to understand about that, of course, is that he is our Father. There is a relationship between us and him. There's a Father. He is a Father. And, of course, there are places where people have some different understandings of fathers. And some fathers have not been nice to children. Some fathers have been downright ratbags. But that doesn't change our fact that our God is our Father. He is the one who created us. He is the one who brought us into this position where you and I are right now. So let me just start off. Ooh, it's 10 o'clock already. That's not good. That's not good, Pete. I can't talk as fast as you. <laughs> I'm in trouble. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2, and let me read some scriptures, and then I'll just go into personal experience because... Uh, when I witness to a lot of, particularly to white people, am I all right to call you white people? <laughs> particularly on the job site, I tell them very simply, there is a reason that you are not a Christian or you do not believe in God. And that reason is because you have not seen enough spiritual activity in your eyes. When I say that, sometimes people come up to me later and they say, I have seen some stuff. There is a lot of spiritual activity in this nation that, that, that most people goes under the... That's why there's so much drugs and problems and there's, there's stuff going on in Australia. There's somebody needs to stand up and speak to the spirit world and say, push back, devil. Yeah. Bean Lee, push back, devil. That's what we've got to grab a hold of. Push back, devil. We don't want you in this nation. We don't want you in our community. We don't want you affecting our students and our people. Somebody somewhere has got to cry out with some gizzards on the inside that says, push back, devil. We want righteousness to rule in this nation. We want righteousness to rule in Bin Lee. We want, we want God to come down into this place. And that takes a building on the inside of you it takes a building on the inside of your of your life and it takes a a, a boldness to sh just shout out devil push back push back off my life push back off my finances push back off my health push back off my relationships push back off my being i am here as a man of god to speak to you this day and that's what Every single one of us needs to be able to get a hold of. When we sing songs of the darkness trembles, I want to tell you something, the devils tremble. They know who God is. They know we're sons of His. They know who they are, but of course they trick us. They deceive us. They're, they are masters deceivers. They've had 6,000 years of deceiving human beings and tricking our minds and tricking circumstances that change you and I and we think that that's just normal life. It's not normal life. God has something better for you and for me. And as Christians, we've got to develop and take another step. In our Christianity, we take another step in our lives. We take another step in our being. And sometimes that is not easy. Sometimes it's not easy. And I understand that it's not easy. For the last 30 years of my life, mostly prayed with a, a good friend of mine, by the man, man by the name of David Harney. And he prays, well, he prays more than me. <laughs> he, 
I, I started working for him at five o'clock in the morning. He said, well, I'll put on a prayer meeting at four o'clock. So I can't do it. <laughs> I can't work all day. He does, but I can't do it. But we'll get there. <laughs> Let me read. First Timothy chapter two. Therefore, I exhort you, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercession, and the giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and who have are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Right there, that's just one scripture. When you talk about prayer in the New Testament, you're talking about at least 135 references to prayer just in the New Testament. We are to pray. Jesus said, when you pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. See, and oftentimes, I, I, well, for, for my own personal life, I stand here today because a mother prayed. I had a mother pray. Sometimes I get a little bit jealous about mother's prayers. I think they're as, far, as strong as father's prayers. But, but it's not strength, it's faith. It's mixing your faith, mixing your words with faith and speaking into your circumstances and situations. And that's where we're taking the first step. Let me read some other things. Let me read um, James. Turn over to James. You have your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, you can read it on the top. James chapter 5. If I ever find it in my own notes. It's the trouble with these notes. James chapter 5 verse 13. Mm. You are very quiet. Are you all right? <laughs> Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, it will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Because the effective, fervent, prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. When you read about the, the, the men of the Bible, they were no different from you and I. None of us are any different from any other else. We're all the same. The same thoughts go through our minds. We're, we're, we're human beings. We, we, we're, we're all the same. But somewhere along the line, Elijah grabbed a hold of God, which was what you and I have got to do, a hold of God. And he prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Could you imagine going to the Premier of Queensland and saying, listen, it's not going to rain for three and a half years until I say so. He would... She, she would. She would not be impressed, I, I would guarantee. But prayer changes things. Prayer 
changes things. It changes situations and circumstances. And what I wanted to tell you in there was, it's the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That effectual, fervent prayer is a white hot prayer of yelling. If you get near me when, when I pray, generally I'm a praying, you will find that I generally yell and I yell quite loud. And people quite often ask me, is God deaf? And I say, I don't believe so. Though so why do you have to pray so loud? It's got nothing to do with God. It's got everything to do with me. I want to stir something on the inside of me. I want to pray with a strength that on the inside of me, I want to shout, I want to proclaim, I want to speak, I want to declare into the heavenly realm. So I shout a lot. And of course I'm big, so that makes it even easier for me to be louder. Some people aren't quite my size. So they might have a more delicate voice. That's got nothing, it's not so much the sound or the, it's the intensity of what you're praying with. We're not just here to say nice prayers over each other. We are here to affect a spirit world that is closing around our, our Western civilizational culture that presses, is it, uh, it's an oppression. One of the biggest problems in this world right now, of course, is what? Mental illness. Mental illness, devils get around people's lives. Yes, of course, there's an imbalance in their brains and there's different things. And of course, there's, 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 that's why we need some, some Samaritan's bandages. We've got to get around to people, but we've got to have a discernment of spirits. And sometimes there's a devil on people's lives that we have to speak to. And we have to declare to and We have to speak it out and just declare it. Get off, devil. Get off. And sometimes when you... It's very simple. We used to have a little dog. And that little dog, obviously because I yell a lot, did not respond so much to go home, Fluffy. But when you yelled at him, he went home. <laughs> he knew his place. And most of the time, that's the devil. You can play with him and push him around a little bit, but when you get serious with him, that's when you've got to grab a hold of God's word and you speak God's word. It's by faith in God's word. I'm jumping ahead, but um, I want to tell you, one of, the, one of my biggest wins in the Solomon Islands was uh, in understanding a lot of Aboriginal people, you must understand the land is everything to Aboriginal people. The land is everything, not their clothes, not their cars, not their this and all the rest of it. The land is everything. The Bible College in the Solomon Islands, where we have Bible College, is a, is a place that was given to us free of charge. I have never heard of any other place in the islands that is actually free. There is always a payment. And the man who brought us to the Solomon Islands, he said, this is given to God. As long as you run Bible College on this land, you will never, never have to pay anything which is fine, but of course in, in island cultures, it's never one man owns the land, it's the whole tribe owns the land. And that's a problem. Because not everybody's a Christian, not everybody's born again, not everybody loves us. And what happened was, in the, particularly in the Solomon Islands, that a lot of the relatives of this man who gave us the land, they wanted payment from the land. They wanted us to pay for the land. And it was starting to get to a, 
a, a bit of a head and a bit of a problem. And God gave me a verse in Psalms chapter... Oh, no, I can't find that. Psalms, because a lot of the time when God gives you a verse and God gives you a scripture... That's what you can fight with. You can fight with, see, it's the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. But you need a verse or a scripture where God has spoken to you about. And in that sword, of the, in that, sword that becomes a sword which you fight with. And I prayed this prayer a thousand... I don't want to stretch the truth. <laughs> All right, only 2,000 times. But in Psalms 125 and verse 3. Now, islanders are very, well, Nokia, you know. <laughs> they loved their land and they wanted finances for the land. And of course, they wanted, they wanted money. So they're, they're coming and asking in money. And, and God gave me this scripture in Psalms 125 verse 3. It says this, For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted for the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. And I prayed that, and I prayed that, and I prayed that, and I prayed that, and every time I prayed it, the land allotted for the righteous. I would declare the land as allotted for the righteous. This is a Bible college land. It is allotted for the righteousness. The wicked shall not have this place. They shall not take this place. They shall not, they will not. And unfortunately for the main instigator, he fell asleep and didn't wake up again. Which elevated me very highly in the island culture. <laughs> but there was no more talk about the land. <laughs> Consequently, there was no more talk about the land. That'll do. God wants to fall someone asleep. That is his business. My business is to grab a hold of the Word of God and fight, and fight, and fight, and fight, and fight, and fight. And I prayed that, and I prayed that. The land is allotted for the righteous. This is a Bible college. It is allotted for the righteous. And luckily, something happened. <laughs> but that's how you fight. That was prayer. That was, to me, that is a warfare prayer that I warfared and I prayed and I fought and I fought that thing until something happened. Something has to break. And what happens is oftentimes it's either you or them that break. Don't let it be you. Because, and that's where the intestinal strength of being a person of God comes into it. Your character comes into it. Your righteousness of who you are comes into it. Your thought life comes into it. Every aspect of your being comes into it. You will be tested in every area of your life. But if you will not give up and you will grab a hold of Scriptures and you will pray, my God, I am healed by His stripes. I am healed. Then you grab a hold of things. My good friend, another good friend of mine, Fred Bartolo, who will be coming here to interpret for the Spanish guy that's coming in July. A couple of months ago, he got a couple of lumps on the top of his head. Of course, it's never good to have a lumps on the top of your head. <laughs> and of course, the, doctor, the doctor's prognosis was, you know, you've got five years to live. Uh, what did he do? He started to pray. 
he got everybody else he knows to pray. And we started to pray and we started to declare there is no cancer in this man. It shall not take place in this man. He went to the doctors last week. They were supposed to operate and cut a big chunk out of his head. They said, the lump's gone pretty much. <laughs> we don't know where it's gone, but it's not there anymore. Now he'll tell you, he'll, believe me, he'll tell you. When he comes, he'll tell you. He's good at telling people. <laughs> but that's Fred. But that's what you've got to do. His wife anointed him with oil every single day, three times a day. For months they did it. They start to, you start to have to lock into God. And as you lock into God, then something has to give. It's either you give or it gives. And that's what takes, and that's what's got to happen in our lives. But that takes another step for you and I to increase our Bible reading, to increase our prayer life, to increase our time with God, to increase our own righteousness. Righteousness, of course, is right standing with God, right standing in the community, right standing in our kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. And that's what takes place. For me, personally, you will always hear, I always pray in other tongues. I pray in other tongues. I pray in other tongues. For the, if I'm praying for an hour, I pray at least 20, 25 minutes in tongues. And I roar. I like to roar. The Bible College, when it, gets, when it starts next week, when Yuppie and Danae come back, they will be roaring in Bible College for tongues. Because if I know if they can roar for an hour, they'll be right. They can fight some devils. The islanders, of course, I'm talking mostly about islanders who go back to island situations where they are very lonely and very isolated in, their, in, the, in some of the places. A lot of the places I go to, white people do not go to these places. White men just don't go to these places. When people see me, they think uh, most of the kids scream and yell and run away, of course. <laughs> That's, the only white man they've ever, ever seen is a doctor. And the doctor's only coming to give them one, one thing, and that's an immunisation, which is a needle which they do not like. So when they see me, they think I'm a doctor and they take off again. All the kids take off. But, but dogs bark at you. Babies cry when they see you. I'm not that ugly, am I? <laughs> but that's what happens. I, I go to a lot of places. But in these places, of course, we would say it's just superstition. But I've lived there and I know it's more than superstition after a while. It comes down to some spiritual activity takes place in these things. And I can tell you things you probably would not believe me, but I've seen them. It's a different, it's a different atmosphere. It's, it's not Australia, let me tell you. And we'll, a lot of them are coming. And of course, they all want to come here to this church. Of course, and in July, we've got an international conference, which a lot of them will be coming to. And of course, if any time you want to come with me to the islands, you are most welcome. We'll put a mission trip together and we'll do something together as a church. We'll do some stuff. But I'm constantly traveling. If, if anybody, you've got a month off, come with me. Come with me. I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> I'll help you. We'll, we'll do some stuff. We'll do some stuff. But one of my main areas of praying is I pray in the Spirit. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And my time is almost gone, but... I want, you to, I want you to understand we are kingdom. We are a kingdom. In that kingdom, that kingdom has a language. And every time people were baptised in the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, God gave them a language. 
God gave them a language. I lived in the Solomon Islands where there are 86 different languages just in the Solomon Islands. In Papua New Guinea, there are over 850 languages in Papua New Guinea. The first thing every colonising country comes to do when it colonises another uh, country, when the English went into the Solomon Islands, when the English went into the bottom half of Papua New Guinea and the Germans actually went into the top half of Papua New Guinea, the first thing every colonising country does is it teaches you the language of the colony. The first thing God does to every Christian when you get baptised in the Holy Spirit, he will give you the language of the colony. Now, that language to a lot of people can sound a little bit confronting and a very strange, but that's when I pray and you, you've got 30 minutes of that. You'll get scared a little bit sometimes. But that's the language God gave me. It's a language that God gives to people and people need to stir themselves up in it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says this, pure love. Uh, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. He's talking about a church situation. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Jump down to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. Therefore, he who speaks in a tongue prays, that he may interpret, for I pray in tongues, that, but my spirit prays. You see that? My spirit prays. In verse 13 there, my spirit prays. Now jump over to Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Jump over to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And the Bible says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. If you want to pray according to the will of God, you'll pray in tongues. I honestly, sometimes I don't know the will of God. And sometimes I don't know what is coming before me. So I oftentimes, I pray in tongues and I pray very loudly in tongues and I pray very long in tongues because I want the will of God for my life and I want God's protection in life. And it's not me who prays, it's the Spirit that prays. It's the Spirit who prays. And that's the way I like it. Because I gotta tell you, I run out of English words really quickly. I was in a Baptist church. I grew up in a Baptist church. And of course, we all used to sit around and take turns in praying. And if you weren't the first one to pray and you were the last one to pray, they'd prayed everything before you got there. And as a kid, I was, you're petrified because there's nothing left to pray apart from the peace of Jerusalem. Because you, you run out of things to pray. I, I don't know every time what to say. And sometimes I don't know the things around me. But you know what? I'm not alone. I have a weapon on the inside of me that is the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will pray according to the will of God. And the will of God will pray through me. And I can pray and enter circumstances and situations. In Corinthians then it says, pray with the understanding. 
And I pray with the understanding in my mind, I'm praying about circumstances and situations, but in my heart, my spirit is praying. And I'm praying, but my mind is saying, well, I want to pray for this person. I want to pray for that. I pray with understanding. I don't just pray crazily even though it might sound crazily to a lot of people, but I pray with understanding. I, 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 I put God into the place. And that's just one aspect of prayer. Uh, the other one I want to go very, very quickly as we finish this morning, of course, is to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Of course, Jesus saying, when you pray, I want you to see something here that, 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 that uh, I love. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, it says this, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they will have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for so as they think they might be heard by many words. There is a secret place. I loved Peter's message last week on the Word of God. Uh, I also study the Word of God, of course, but my favourite, he was talking about favourite chapters last year, last week, and of course, my favorite, one of my favourite chapters is, of course, Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we remember the whole verse, but there is a secret place in God. There is a secret place in prayer. And in that verse, it says this, when you go into your room, shut the door, and your Father who is in the secret place. Where is the Father? He's in the secret place. I, there is a secret place in prayer for every single one of us. There's a sweet place in prayer. And, and in that prayer is a sweet place where you can have a relationship with God and build yourself strong in God. And in that place, God will give you words. He will give you scriptures. He will put scripture into your mind that you can fight with. He will put scripture and life into your bones. There is a secret place with God and it's the sweetest place of prayer. My time is gone. Maybe we'll have to do a prayer another time again. But prayer changes things. In your life and my life, prayer changes things. We have a couple here who couldn't have a baby. All of a sudden we pray, they can have a baby. Prayer changes things. It changes circumstances and situations for you and for me. All we've got to do is start to partake of it. How do you do it? You just do it. <laughs> There's no real formula. I know there's intercession and prayer and sometimes churches have intercessions and do all sorts of things. But you know what? At the end of the day, just cry out to God. Just cry out to God. 
You know what? I don't think there's any special type of prayer or prayer this or prayer that. I think it's just cry out to God, man. Cry out to God. If you're in a circumstances and situation, cry out to God. Don't worry whether it's supplication, intercession or warfare or whatever. Don't forget about that. Just cry out to God and say, God, I need your hand. I need your strong hand on my side. I want you by my side. I want you to go through this with me. I want, I want my God to be with me. And in that, you know what? That cry, God hears that cry. He hears that cry every single time. And more than anything else, he is your father and he loves you very much. Father God, this morning, Father, let my words rest over every person in this house this day. Father, that they would cry out to their God. Father, that they would find that secret place of the Most High, that they would find that sweet place with you. And in that sweet spot with you, my God, they would come to that re re relationship with you that changes lives, it changes beings, it changes places, it changes people, it changes atmospheres and it changes lives. Father, we're here to change our lives. We want to be more like you. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks, Murray. That's awesome. Let's stand as we finish off today. If you uh, have been challenged by Murray's uh, preaching this morning, and maybe you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit, uh, and you want to speak in tongues, uh, we, we'd love to give opportunity for that. Uh, so we're just going to finish off. We're going to sing a praise song, and uh, stay and have some food in the cafe. Uh, we've got a birthday cake for Shirley for 80, uh, which is going to be awesome. But if you'd like some prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, Murray would love to pray with you and, uh, and believe God for some miracles. Thanks, guys.